Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Father, we're in need of you. We thank you for the blessings that you bestow upon us. But we just need you. We need you, God. And we pray that you heard our cry on this morning. We pray that you received it, God. We know you to be faithful. We know you to be a promise keeper. You're not a man that you shall lie, nor are you the son of a man that you shall change your mind. You're faithful. If you say a thing, it'll come to pass. And so our prayers were lifted up in confidence knowing that the one who does the answering is faithful. And even when we're confused about the answer, we can trust your character, knowing that it's not your desire to do harm towards us, that if you kept a thing away from us, it was for our own good. You're faithful. You're consistent. You're steadfast. it's for that reason that we lift up your name now father before the preach word comes I know I may sound repetitive God but it's my heart's desire that you would give us ears to hear I know what it's like not thinking about anybody else but I know personally father what it's like to sit under sound teaching and sound doctrine and to get up and leave and walk and act any kind of way So that's why my prayer is that you would give us ears to hear, to hear what the Spirit has to say. Then give us hearts to receive and to absorb it. So that our walks can be stronger in you. Not so that we can just hear it, see ourselves and walk away and live a different kind of way. We've gathered, yes, to worship you, God, but we've gathered to learn of you. And you and all your graciousness and all your love towards all of us who are, us who are here and both here in the sanctuary online is that you would give us a shepherd after your own heart. A man who doesn't take it lightly to take a scripture and just run with his opinion, but one who is diligent to study to pray to rightly divide that which you will have your people to chew on we thank you for that in a time where televangelists and big names are declaring a thing just loosely with your name 
What an embarrassment to the body of Christ. What a tragedy. But also, how good you are that you still have remnant of men who are in the land leading and pastoring under the unction of the Holy Spirit. So now God be with Pastor Keith. We thank you for his study, but more importantly, we thank you for his spirit. We love you and we adore you. And it's in your son Jesus' name that we do pray. Listen, um, if you're tuned in with us, I want to encourage you right now to clear every distraction that may be in your home. I understand it. I know what it's like to be home with children and other relatives in the house. But it's important that you hear the word of God and that you receive the word of God for your life. Let us now receive none other than Pastor Keith W. Bab III. anybody else but I was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord I was glad anybody glad this morning hallelujah and I know many of you are joining us online and so I'm grateful that you joined us this morning I know God's presence is in this house and I pray that likewise he's in your home matter of fact the word declares that he's omnipresent so no matter where we go, no matter where we find ourselves, if we can posture our hearts and worship, the Lord is with us. So I know the Lord is with you as well. And here, listen to this. I know some of you may have heard for the first time, but we've opened up the sanctuary at limited capacity. So nobody be mad that Pastor Keith ain't tell me that the church was open. Well, now you know. We tried to send out an email and different things, and I know many of you told me that you did not get the correspondence. But just know that we're open at a limited capacity, so you're welcome to begin to attend worship again. Please be on the lookout for your emails. We'll have a registration link for next week. And Lord willing, I'll be able to see your face in the sanctuary. Amen. If you could, go with me to Psalm chapter 37. The book of Psalms, chapter 37. I want to look at verses 7 through 9. I've been on this series called Dealing with the Weight of Waiting. Dealing with the Weight of Waiting. And I want to continue in that vein on this morning. So Psalm chapter 37, verses 7 through 9. If you have it, I want you to stand, those who, of you who are in the sanctuary. The book of Psalm chapter 37, verses 7 through 9. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. The Bible declares, rest in the Lord. Somebody say rest. And wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. And verse 8 says, cease from anger. I believe our president-elect has done that over the course of these past few days. He ceased from anger and forsake wrath. And do not fret it. It only causes harm. Verse number 9 says, for evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait on the Lord, that's good news, they shall inherit the earth. I want to read verse number seven again. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. 
Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. I want to minister from this subject this morning, our perseverance for waiting, our perseverance for waiting. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Last week, uh, I, I talked about our perspective on waiting, and I, I, I stated that your perspective matters, and it will determine if you will wait on the Lord, but also we need to understand we need perseverance for waiting. Somebody say perseverance. Why? Because the enemy's desire is that weariness will defeat our waiting. He wants weariness to defeat our waiting. This is why we're admonished throughout scripture to faint not. That's Deuteronomy 20 and 3, Isaiah 7 and 4, Luke 18 and 1. And hear this, it's not that believers don't engage in waiting. It's that many believers don't endure while waiting persevere. This is why the enemy always challenges the believer's ability to endure in waiting. I don't know if anybody's ever been waiting on something, but that's the place where the enemy attacks us the greatest. In, in waiting. Somebody say in waiting. Many of our greatest attacks take place while waiting. Noah was mocked as he waited on the rain. Jacob was manipulated by his own uncle Laban as he waited on Rachel. And many of the apostles were martyred as they waited on the return of Christ. They, they, they were attacked while waiting. And, and here's what I want you to know. Here's a word of wisdom. Don't be dismayed um, at the sign of warfare because warfare accompanies waiting. I hope y'all just heard what I just said. Many of us get dismayed or discouraged or, 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 or even disinterested in waiting because we, uh, we, we uh, experience warfare, but warfare accompanies my waiting. And, and here's the other good news about this warfare while waiting. It's a sign that what you're waiting on is of God. Whenever the enemy attacks me in waiting, it lets me know that God is with me because the enemy does not want me to receive what I'm waiting on. This is why it's so critical for us to persevere. And even more, the promise of what you're waiting on is dependent upon your perseverance while you wait. Somebody tell your neighbor, I've got to persevere. I've, I've got to persevere. Consider what the writer of Hebrews speaks of Abraham's ability to persevere in Hebrews 6 uh, verse 15. He says, so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. This means the promotion that you're waiting on requires perseverance. The, the, the provision that you're waiting on requires perseverance. Even the person, somebody won't stay boo, it requires perseverance. Therefore, it's not simply our perspective of waiting that is necessary, but our perseverance while waiting is necessary as well. So the critical question that we've got to ask ourselves is, while we wait, how well do we persevere? I've got to ask myself, as I wait, how well do I persevere? Because our ability to persevere well will determine if we will receive God's will for our lives. Somebody say his promise. And herein lies the reason why 2020 has been so difficult for many believers. Because 2020 has forced many believers to wait. But many believers have not faithfully waited. God says, I'm going to put you in a posture where you're forced to wait. But God says, even though you're forced to wait, many believers have not faithfully waited. We've got to wait faithfully. 
waiting with perseverance. This is where we find David in our text. Admonishing believers not only to wait, but wait well to persevere. It's, it's important to note that Psalm 37 reveals that David was not a novice to waiting on God. He, he, this was not something new to him. And David knew how to wait well. How, how do I know this in our text? We find this word shall throughout Psalm 37. And we see this in verse 4, in verse number 2, in verse number 5, and so on and so on. And it's speaking of what the Lord will do. Yet throughout the text, shall was always preceded by a prerequisite. You can read the text. In other words, waiting. David saw the fulfillment of what the Lord will do only after he waited and waited well. If our desires to see what the Lord will do, we too must wait well. In other words, persevere. And I believe we can gain great wisdom from our text this morning so that we can ensure that not only do we engage in waiting, but that we endure in waiting. Because our perseverance in waiting will determine our promise after waiting. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to examine the text. If God is going to force us to wait in 2020, we might as well wait well. Let's look at verse 7a. Verse 7a. The Bible says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Here's what I want you to know. Your help while waiting is dependent upon what and whom you hold on to while waiting. Y'all heard what I just said? My, my, my help. My help while waiting is dependent upon who I hold on to while waiting. Because the reason that many believers fall out while waiting is because they fall out of fellowship with the Lord. Uh, so waiting well is not waiting alone, but waiting well requires that we abide in him. So here's the first thing I want you to know. If I'm going to wait well, it matters where we abide. It matters where we abide. So if you're taking notes this morning, put that down, where we abide. Therefore, our ability to persevere while waiting is determined by where we abide. This is why our foundational text, watch this, it says rest in the Lord. Why, why is this significant? Because your strength for waiting is pulled from the Savior and not from you. Many people try to pull from their own strength while waiting and somebody say the devil is alive. Herein lies the problem why many believers fail to wait because they get anxious while waiting. They get agitated while waiting and many of y'all even saved folk get angry while waiting. Instead of abiding while waiting, in other words, I've got to rest in him. Hear this, your anxiety, your agitation, and even your anger only pulls your strength and never pulls you strength while waiting. This is why the psalmist declared this. Watch this. In Psalm 31:10, if you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. Psalm chapter 31, verse 10. It says, my strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. Because it matters who you're in fellowship with while you are waiting. And we've got too many believers, watch this, abiding in sin rather than abiding in their Savior while they wait. And it's causing your strength to fail. Here's why I say that. Many believers find comfort in sin while waiting because sin, watch this, provides temporary relief for your flesh. Y'all ever been waiting on God for something and the reason why people sin while waiting is because I need to please my flesh because I'm getting tired of waiting. 
And all your sin is doing is pulling from your strength. And sin, watch this, always secures your fall. Oh, that's a dangerous place to be because we got too many to include believers in fellowship with lust while waiting, in fellowship with liquor while waiting, in fellowship with loose living while waiting. Somebody needs to stop being in fellowship with their flesh and stop being in fellowship with the Father because your strength and your strength alone, watch this, somebody needs to hear this, is in him. It's easy to go get that bottle why are you waiting? It's easy to sleep with such and such while you're waiting. And the reason why you faint while waiting is because your sin is pulling away from your strength. I don't want somebody tell your neighbor, I don't want my strength to be pulled. This is why throughout the Psalms, the psalmist declares that the Lord is my strength. This is why our strength for courage is in the Lord. That's Psalm 27, 1. Our strength for confidence is in the Lord. That's Psalm 28 and 7. And our strength, watch this, for even captivity is in the Lord. That's Psalm 37, 9. Therefore, if we are weak in our waiting, it may be as a result of who we're in fellowship with. While we're waiting, ask yourself, who am I in fellowship with? Ah, we must abide in him. And what do I mean? Somebody, that sounds good, Pastor Keith. What does abiding in him mean? It means that while you wait, you need to commune with him. Uh, while you wait, you need to watch this. Stop calling your friends and receive counsel from him. And even while you wait, get your mind out of, the, out of somewhere everywhere and have some contemplation. Watch this on him. This is why 1 John 2.14 declares, I've written to you, young men. Because you are strong and the word of God, watch this, abides in you. Because your strength to preserve is determined by where you abide. Tell your neighbor, I got to abide in him. I've, I've got to abide in the midst of waiting. You've got to make sure that you're in communion with God. In, in the midst of waiting, you've got to ensure that your counsel and your counsel alone is from God. And that my mind, y'all know how the old folks said it stayed up on Jesus. Y'all mind some everywhere, but it, your contemplation needs to be on him. So here's the first thing I want you to know. It matters where you abide. Let's look at verse 7b. And the Bible says, do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Many believers faint while waiting because of where and whom their focus is on. So in other words, it matters where our attention lies. Not only where I abide, but where our attention lies. If you're taking notes, write that down. This is why David admonishes us in our, our foundational text. Watch what he says. Not fret because of him who prospers in his way. And one Hebrew translation of the word fret means, watch this, to compete. And the problem with many believers is that they get frustrated when they focus on what's happening in the life of another. While you wait, your attention is on somebody else and not your own journey. And the reason why people faint is because we get in competition, watch this, with other believers. Your attention causes you to believe that you're in competition with another. Oh, I don't think y'all hearing me this morning. 
When somebody get married before you, you faint from waiting. When somebody finish their book manuscript before you, you faint from waiting. And when somebody receives their miracle before you, you faint from waiting. Your attention is off. This is why if we desire to preserve and waiting, it matters where our attention lies. And hear this, because the promise is personal, so is God's plan for your waiting. Did y'all hear what I just said? The reason why I can't get caught up in, in mother such and such and sister such and such, because the promise over my life is personal. So that means God's plan for my, my, for my waiting is personal as well. Somebody say it's personalized. It's personal. I ain't got no reason. Watch this. I don't need to covet. I don't need to compare. I don't even need to compete with anybody else when I can be confident that God's plan for my life is personalized. Oh, that's good news to me, y'all. I don't care if you got the house because mine is on the way. Somebody say my stuff is on the way. Whatever you're waiting on is on the way. Because watch this, notice this, he knows the very details of our waiting. Why, why do I say this? Because Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans that I have for you, not your bishop, not your apostle, not your homegirl, not even your mama. Somebody say, God knows. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. So as we wait, we also fix our attention on Christ as we wait. Because why? He knows the details of our waiting. He knows the very duration of our waiting. And no matter how difficult it may be, he knows the desires in our waiting. I, I, I know it may be difficult watching somebody else get blessed, but I've got to know that my waiting is distinct. Somebody say my waiting is distinct. Notice this. Notice what Hebrews 12 and 2 declares. I want you to write that down. Somebody who's watching online, write that, put that in the comment box. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. The Bible says, looking only, somebody say only, only. at Jesus, the original and perfecter of the faith. And, and many versions says of our faith. Not only does the Lord personalize our plans, but he's the perfecter of our plans. That means when our attention is not on him while waiting, we miss when our promises are made manifest. That means if I don't focus my attention on him, I might miss out on when my boo go through the grocery store. Somebody kiss. Does somebody hear what I'm trying to say? Not only is his plans, my plans personalized, but he's the perfecter. He's the one that makes my promises manifest. Somebody say manifest. See, you missed out on your boo because you were not focused on him. He's the perfecter of our faith. We love to declare, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. But it's not that God ain't doing it. Watch this. It might be that you just missed it because he's always working. I've got to get my focus in line, my focus in line. Even more, notice this. Why it's significant to ensure that our intention is on the Lord while we wait is not only that it, it, his plans for our life are personal, but he's also, I said this, the perfecter of those plans. So that means, in other words, plans reveal prerequisites for the believer. Y'all got to stay with me. Whenever God lays out plans or whenever you're given plans, it also reveals the prerequisite to get where I'm going. Y'all got to stay with me. Uh, anybody who's ever been in construction know when there's plans laid out for the building, it tells you step by step what you've got to do to get to the finished work. 
Y'all staying with me? So the only way that I know the plans is if I keep my eyes on Jesus. And the only way that I know how to get to the finished work, watch this, is also if I keep my eyes on Jesus. So if I miss the plans, I miss the prerequisites. Somebody say my instructions. And the reason why promises haven't fulfilled in the lives of many believers is because we don't know the instructions. God might promise it, but tell your neighbor, I need instructions. In other words, he ordains plans that are waiting. Watch this, so that we can obey his plans while we wait. So hear this. That means this is why many believers are idle while they wait. Because they failed to receive their instructions. I'm going to say something. Listen, I'm not saying that all these relationship conferences are bad. I'm not saying that these conferences that tell you how to know who you've been called and God is bad. I'm not saying uh, these conferences and these workshops about my destiny are bad, but I need to make sure that my attention is on the one who perfects the plans. All right, because watch this, if I get caught up in what such and such is saying and what so and so is saying, I'll take plans that were never ordained for my life. Oh man, I need, I need my personal instructions. Tell your neighbor, I need my personal instructions. So, so this is why God is saying, keep your eyes on me. Oh, therefore we must ask ourselves while we wait, where does our attention lie? I love you, Pastor Keith, but I got to keep my eyes on Jesus. It, it is, it, is it fixed on the perfecter of our faith or is it in the plans of another? Because where your attention lies will determine if you will preserve while waiting. Uh, so here's the first thing I wanted you to know. I said that we've got to understand that, that, that God, watch this, that, that we've got to abide in him. Where do we abide while we, while we wait? And then I also got to ask myself, where does my attention lie while I wait? Now let's look at verse number eight. I'm going to be out your way. The Bible says, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. Hear this. What penetrates your heart while waiting will determine your hope in waiting. Did y'all hear what I just said? Whatever penetrates your heart while waiting will determine your hope in waiting. What do I mean? You must guard and govern your emotions while you wait. Tell your neighbor, I got to guard my heart and I've got to guard my emotions. Because what's in the abundance of your heart can determine the attacks on your waiting. I hope y'all heard what I just said. I, I want to say that again. What's in the abundance of your heart will determine the attacks in your waiting. So here's the other thing that you got to understand while you wait. If I want to persevere while I wait, I've got to know what's in the abundance of my heart. What's in the abundance of my heart? This is why our foundational text speaks of ceasing from anger, wrath, and fear. These are things that are produced in the heart of men. Somebody say produced in my heart. Because they, and notice this, the text says because they will cause harm. Uh, hear, hear this. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. You got to write this down. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. The Bible says, guard your heart above all else. For watch this, it determines the course of your life. This means the condition of your heart will determine if you will continue in waiting or not. The critical question you got to ask yourself is, what do you allow to enter your heart as you wait? 
I've got to ask myself. The Bible says that, 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 that I've got to guard my heart because it determines the course of my life. So I've got to ask my what do I allow to enter my heart as I wait? What do I, what do I mean? Do you entertain doubt while you wait? Somebody say my heart. Are you easily deceived while you wait? Somebody say my heart. And does disdain for the Lord taint you while you wait? Somebody say, my heart. We've, we've got to guard our hearts. And all you have to do is consider what proceeds from your mouth to determine what's in the abundance of your heart. Hear this. Luke 6, 45 declares this. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. This means the doubt the deception and the disdain from your mouth that has flowed from the abundance of your... Listen, you can know what's in your heart by what flows from your mouth. And the reason why you cannot wait well is because there's too much tainted stuff in your heart. So every time that I get a word, and I know his word says, is yes and amen, doubt enters my heart. I've opened up my heart now, watch this, to determine now the course of my life. I've got to know what's in my heart. Tell your neighbor, you got to know what's in your heart. It attacks, and watch this, what's in your heart will attack your ability to wait. If I start getting mad at God because he's blessing Miss Alvera, it now attacks my ability to wait. Because I believe God has forgotten about me. I, I believe that she's, she's has some uh, um, um, supernatural favor with God that I don't have. And now this disdain has a, put an attack on my ability to wait. I've got to guard my heart. He, even more, how, how then do I protect the condition of our hearts? Somebody may be saying, well, Pastor Keith, I get all of that. I, I, my mouth been running. Oh, yeah, it's been running rampant while I'm waiting. Yeah, I'm tired of waiting. I know I've got some stuff in my heart. But how do I now, how do I protect the condition of my hearts? You guard and you govern your heart by what your heart meditates on. That's Psalm 1914. Your thought life. You, you, the re, one of the ways you guard your hearts, you guard your thoughts. Somebody say, I got to guard my thoughts. Whatever I meditate upon will begin to seep into my heart. So I've got I've to be careful about what I meditate on. I've got to govern and guard what moves my heart. This is Psalm um, 43, verse 5. Somebody say, my emotions. I don't want to be tossed to and fro by what's going on in life. My, my, when your emotions are up and down, it will attack your ability to wait. You know how all this stuff going on in the world, my emotions still have to remain even keel. You know why? Because I serve a God, watch this, that changes not. And many of us change our emotions with what's going on in life and it attacks our ability to wait. I don't care who the president is. I'm good, y'all. Tell your neighbor, I'm good. Okay, y'all need to be good. All right, so, so it matters what your heart meditates on. It matters what moves your heart. And watch this, guard and govern whom you let minister to your heart. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 33. You've got to guard who speaks into your life. Y'all got to stay with me. Somebody say, I got to guard who speaks into my life. And the reason why many of y'all can't wait on God because of the people that are speaking into your life. I know you love your mama, but your mama up and down with her faith. 
And she's speaking into your life. I know you love your best friend, but your best friend is in all kinds of bondage. And she's speaking into your life. And now my heart is now tainted by who has spoken a minister to my heart. I've got to guard it. Tell your neighbor, I've got to guard it. So when y'all saying that, Pastor Keith, that's too deep. I don't know how to, how to manage the abundance of my heart. No, you can manage and govern who, what you meditate on. You can manage what moves your heart. And you can guard and govern whom you let minister to your heart. Because watch this. The attacks on your waiting is as a result of the access that you are given. Watch this. To your heart. Some believers just need to stop giving so many people and proclamations so much access to their hearts. Hear this. Turn off YouTube while you're waiting. Y'all know everybody want a word while they're waiting. And God has already given you the word to wait. So you're flooding your mind and flooding your heart with too many, watch this, competing instructions. And you wonder why I don't know what to do next. God says, and this is why David says, rest in the Lord. He didn't say go, go find your favorite preacher on YouTube because you got too many competing things. Watch this. Now speaking to my heart. Oh, that's a dangerous place to be for a believer. Hear this. Oh, I wish this was on the screen, but write this down. Consider what Mary did as she heard the promise that she had been waiting on concerning Jesus in Luke 2, 19. Write that down. Luke chapter 2, verse 19. This is Mary, the mother of Jesus, Jesus' mama. The Bible says this, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Some versions say she hid them in her heart. In other words, if you look at Luke chapter 2, this is where you find the wise men coming before Jesus. And all of them begin to bow and present gifts. And, and Mary was, was dismayed at this, although the Lord has said that this would be the Messiah. She said, I know all these folks worshiping him. I know what the Lord said, but watch this. I'm going to ponder these things. As a matter of fact, I'm going to hide these things in my heart. Y'all know how when God tell y'all something, y'all want to run around and tell everybody? I want somebody to know that I, my son is the Messiah. I want somebody to know that my baby going to be president in 2030. And we, we, we run our mouth when God speaks. But Mary said, no, I'm going to treasure up these things and ponder them in her heart. Some versions said, hey, what am I trying to say? Some believers need to stop talking so much and start treasuring up things in our hearts. Because watch this. Everyone is not mature enough to know what God has spoken to you. Watch this. And everyone does not mean you well to share what God has spoken to you. And the reason why I can't wait because I shared what God told me to wait on with somebody who was not mature in their faith. Girl, you ain't got enough money. Girl, you don't have the education. And they're not mature enough to know that if God said it, that settles it. And then I'm, I'm, I'm telling people who mean me no well, who are setting up traps for my demise. And Mary said, no, I know these some wise men. I know everybody's bowing down. And watch this. The folk look like they love Jesus. You ever been around folk where everybody look like they so happy for you? 
Oh, girl, you getting married. I'm so happy for you. I've seen best friends sleep with, with their best friend wives. I've heard stories of best friends sleeping with their best friend's husbands. And everybody looks like they're in a celebratory mood. And God says, we've got to be like Mary and guard and govern hearts. Somebody say, I've got to guard my heart. I've got to guard my heart. Listen, y'all, I done shared some stuff with folk that meant me no well. I done shared some stuff with some folk that told me, you know what, you shouldn't pastor until you're 40 years old. They were not mature enough in the things of God. And if I would have listened to them, it would have tainted my heart. And watch this. Your heart determines the course of your life. Oh, we got to guard our hearts. We got to guard our hearts. And hear this. Many of us have had their hearts suffer because they shared what they were waiting on with the wrong person. Somebody say, guard your heart. What the enemy can't stop, the enemy will always attempt to sabotage. And it's no different in our waiting. The enemy, the, the Bible says that his promises are yes and amen. God's going to do exactly what he says he's going to do. Matter of fact, the Bible says he's a God that changes not. He does not change his mind. So if, if the enemy cannot stop what we're waiting on, he'll always try to sabotage it. And watch this. He causes us to self-sabotage what we're waiting on God for. This, this is why it matters that we persevere. Uh, the enemy desires for believers not to persevere. And the promise after our waiting is dependent upon how well we wait. This is why we must ensure where we abide while we wait. We need to be asking ourselves is whatever you're waiting on, where are you abiding? Where our attention is while we wait. I know it's some pastors getting blessed in this season, some pastors buying building in this season, but my attention is on God and God alone. I know what he said, and I know where I need to keep my eyes fixed because watch this, although they may got it that way, God has given me some personal instructions, and I need to know what he's spoken over my life. I need those personal instructions, and then I've got to make sure what's in the abundance of my heart. Oh, y'all, it's so critical that we guard our hearts. Mary said, I got to hide these things. I know everybody look like they love me, but there's somebody in the crowd with a smile that will lie to me. This is why we must ensure that what's in the abundance of our heart. Yet there is still a believer that says, I've done all that. And they're still at the place of fainting. Now somebody saying, I've done all that, Pastor Keith, I hear you. I, but I'm still at the place where I want to faint. I believe verse number nine of our foundational text reveals why we can wait well. Watch what verse number nine says. It says, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord shall inherit the hurt. Well, what does this mean? Well, we persevere in waiting because at some point, watch this, every attack against our waiting and every adversary against our waiting will fall. The reason why many people don't wait well is because they think that the attacks will not stop. So rather than enduring attacks, I'll give up. And God says, if you wait well, that at some point, the attacks will stop. Matter of fact, the Bible says, after you've suffered for a little while, watch this, he himself will establish you. 
Now that's good news to me that after I've waited, and even watch this, some of us get so caught up in how long we're waiting, and God says it's only for a little while. And at some point, if we can persevere in waiting, God says the attacks will stop. God says whatever's an adversary against your waiting, at some point it's going to faint before I will. Because why do I know that the attacks will faint before God wills? Because we serve a God who neither sleeps nor slumbers. That's good news to me. Somebody who's watching this morning believes they're at the place of fading. But your adversary and the attacks on your waiting will faint before he wills. We can endure in waiting. Because every evil that rises up against us, watch this, will be cut off. Therefore, not only can we wait, but tell your neighbor, I can wait well. Somebody say, I can wait well. I don't know who's watching, but put that in the comment box. I can wait well. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you, God, because many of us in this room are waiting on you. God, I, we said it last week. God, we don't mind waiting, but somebody's getting angry while they're waiting. Somebody's getting agitated while they're waiting. God, somebody's anxiety is on another level while they're waiting. But God, we know now how we can persevere while waiting. God, it matters where we abide. God, help us to abide in you. God, we won't commune with nobody else while we're waiting but you. God, we won't receive counsel from nobody else while we're waiting but you. God, we'll fix our minds and keep our minds stayed on Jesus while we wait, God. We'll abide in you. And God, as we abide, God, God, we, we thank you, God, that not only can we abide in you, God, but our attention will be on you as well. God, we know that our brother to our left and to our right is being blessed, but that's okay because our plans, your plans for my life, God, is personal. God, we'll keep our attention fixed on you for you are the author and the perfecter of our faith God we need to know God that your plans are personal and God so are the instructions for our plans God we won't remain idle but our attention will be on you God so you might direct our path as we wait and God we thank you God many of our hearts have suffered because we shared what we were waiting on with the wrong person God, we thought they were our friend. We thought they were our brother and sister in Christ. But our hearts suffered because of what we shared with another. So God, will guard our hearts. We'll make sure we understand and protect the conditions of our hearts while we wait. God, we'll meditate on your word. God, we'll be careful. Well, God, who ministers to our heart. God, we'll be careful about, God, what moves our heart. Help us to guard our hearts, God, we pray. And God, we thank you. We'll persevere because at some points, God, the attack and the adversary on our waiting will faint. Thank you, Lord, that after we've suffered for a little while, you yourself, God, shall establish us. And we thank you, God, for that. And every heart that believes said, thank God. And amen. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise, those who are here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody says I'm waiting on God, but God says I'm waiting on you. 
Somebody says, I'm waiting on God to do something, but God says he's waiting on you. What do I mean? God says, You've not, you have not committed your life to me, and I'm waiting on you to give me your life. If that's you this morning and you say, I, I'm tired of running from God, and I want to run to God. You said, I, I, at this point in my life, I'm ready to be in relationship with him. Well, the Bible declares in the book of Romans that if we can confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts, we're saved. So what am I saying? We're saying that, that, that at some point, the Bible declares that all of us have sinned and fallen short of his glory, that you're a sinner in need of repentance. And not only that, I'm saying that there's only one Savior, and that Savior is Jesus Christ, according to John 14, 6. And then I'm also saying that I'm allowing him to now lord over my life. I'm tired of doing it my way, but I want to do it his way. If you can confess that with your mouth, and if you can believe that in your heart, you're saved. I'm making that assumption that everyone in this house is saved this morning. But somebody may be saying, I'm not saved. I haven't given my life to Christ. If you can confess that, if you can believe that in your heart. The Bible says you're saved. I want to pray for that person who made that decision this morning. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you, God, for the opportunity and the mercy, God, that you bestow upon us, God, to come, to come. Matter of fact, God, you said all those that are willing, let them come. God, there, there's, there's this one this morning that has come, and we're grateful for that. God, they say they're a sinner in need of a Savior. God, they've confessed and believed in their heart, God, that Jesus Christ is that Savior. And God, now they want that Savior, Jesus, to be Lord over their lives. We thank you, God, that your word declares, God, that whoever the Father puts in the Son's hand, no one can snatch away. So, God, their life is now secure, and we celebrate that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Look at this. I'm, I got my eyes closed, and, I'm, and this young lady is giving her life to Christ. And God sees your heart. As a matter of fact, listen what the Bible says. The Bible says that God doesn't look at the outward appearance like man does. And God says, I look at the heart. And because of your heart this morning, God is smiling. No matter what nobody has said about you, no matter what people think about you, God says you're the apple of his eye. This makes it all worth it, y'all, that, I, I, that, that, that when one comes, watch this, heaven rejoices. Somebody may not celebrate this decision, but in glory, heaven is rejoicing on your behalf. Can we celebrate while heaven is celebrating for her? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You made the greatest decision of your life. And here's what I want you to do. Miss Cindy, if you don't mind going back with her in the back um, after service, and we just want to make sure that your salvation is sure. The Bible says that we should make sure our election and calling is sure. So we just want to make sure and walk you through what this now means. And here's what I want you to know. The Bible also says that he'll give you shepherds after your own heart. Listen, I'm not saying this for any other rhyme or reason. But here's the other thing. We can't be disconnected in the journey. We're, we're called to be connected to a local body of believers so that there can be somebody when there's difficult days, somebody can encourage us. When I need a, a shoulder to lean on, I've got somebody that I can lean on. And watch this. I've got somebody that means me well.
Because the Bible says this in Galatians 6 and 2, that we should carry one another's burden. This journey that you're on, you're not called to carry it alone. So here's what I'm saying. I want to extend the doors of our church to you. And you don't have to make that decision now, but hear this. If that's your desire, I would love to be a shepherd. I don't take that lightly. A lot of people want to be pastors, but I want to be a shepherd that can guard you, that can help feed you, that can help guide you on this earthly journey. And we'd love to be your local body of faith where we can encourage you and pray for you and help you develop in your walk with God. Is that something that you would like to do? Well, praise the Lord. What's your name? Say that again. Angela. Hey, man, celebrate. Oh, somebody celebrate God with her. So, Miss Cindy, just take a seat back where you were sitting and that young lady in the back, she's going to meet with you after her service. Deacon and Cindy, just wave your hand so she knows. Hey, somebody say, we love you, Angela. Y'all text that on the comment box. She may not have a Facebook, but get you a Facebook and you can see the rest of your family. Hey, Amen. Amen. So we praise the Lord for all that he's doing. And, and hear this. You have that opportunity as well to join this local body. So if that's you, email us at churchoffice at waytampabay.org. Hey, you made my day. That, that you made my day. Because I've been contemplating, should we open up the doors of the church? And God has now opened up the household of faith because we decided to open up the doors of the church. Amen. At this time, if we can just celebrate Angela again, and then I'm going to also ask MIT to come up. Now, MIT, Kim, if you don't mind, she'll take us further in the service. morning again family <laughs> and thank you pastor Keith for teaching us about the perseverance for waiting thank you for teaching us about the importance of it and how to persevere while we wait I don't know about you guys but I took a lot of nuggets that I can carry me through the next week and while we are on this journey so we thank you again but now we're going to move into our offering um, the word of God tells us that whatever God has put on your heart, to give it without a grudging spirit, to give it cheerfully. So whatever God has laid on your heart this morning, let's worship him by giving to him willingly and cheerfully. There are actually four ways that you can give. For those of us that are here today, whenever you leave, there's a bucket on the left and the bucket on the right in the back. You can fill out our offering envelopes and drop it in there. Or you can go to our website at waytampabay.org and click on the giving link in the top right. You can also give to us with Cash App, dollar sign, The Way Church of TB. And then the last option is to mail in your offering to P.O. Box 28003, no, I'm sorry, 280003, Tampa, Florida, 33682. So now we'll go into our church announcements. So as you guys just listened, we ask that you pray for our land and our leaders. As this year's presidential election is finalized, it is critical that we pray for both our land and our leaders. Pastor Keith is encouraging us all to be intentional over the next few months to pray for safety in our land and safety for our leaders and that God will guide our leaders during this time of transition in our country. 
Next Sunday, I hope you guys are excited, we'll have virtual children's church for those of you that are home with your kids. Just save the date for November 15th at 1230. We'll have our monthly virtual children's church. Parents of youth ages from 4 to 11, make plans to have your children log in via the Zoom link that will be provided this coming week. Our lesson will be fun and interactive so that our children can learn about God's truth in a format just for them. Lessons from our First Lady. Midweek Bible study is back and we're excited. Join us every Thursday in the month of November 7 via Facebook Live as we kick off lessons from our First Lady. Lady Serena will be sharing some biblical truths with us each week during the month of November, so tune in weekly as we study God's word with our First Lady. Make plans to join us again next Sunday at 10.30 via Facebook Live as Pastor Keith continues our current sermon series, sorry, dealing with the weight of waiting. God has a will for our waiting, so join us so that you can learn that will for yourself. And lastly, as we're talking about the church regathering, just make sure to check your email this week for our This Week at the Way email for some important information regarding our regathering plans as a church. We want to ensure you that our entire church is aware of our plans, and if you did not receive the email, please make sure to send an email to churchoffice at waytampabay.org for more details. Thank you again for worshiping with us, and we invite you to attend any of our weekly ritual virtual services with us. And we will just close in prayer. If you guys will bow your head. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you, God, for teaching us and giving us more information about waiting, God. God, we ask that as we go through our daily lives that you help us to abide in you, God, not in anyone else, but to abide in you, God. Help us to remember, God, that the plans that you have made for our life are unique for just us, God, not to be deterred or be discouraged by anybody else's plans, God. Remind us that, God. Allow us to guard our hearts, to guard our minds, God, so that we won't let anything that goes against you in our minds and our hearts, God, so that we can set our hope on you, God. Just keep us guarded, keep our spirits guarded, God. And we thank you so much, God. We ask that you continue to give us the patience while we wait, God. Let us find the glory in waiting, God. Allow us to see you in a new way as we wait, God. And help us to persevere as we keep going through this journey with you, God. We love you and we thank you. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Have a good week. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.